In business, it's easy to keep operating the way you always have, but the kind of big growth you're looking for may require you to step outside your comfort zone and do things a little bit differently. Today, we talk about how to shift your mindset from reactive to proactive so you can plan the kind of serious growth that stretches you outside your comfort zone and brings in more revenue. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Denley, the mindset coach that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Jennifer White. Jennifer began her career as an engineer and combines analytical ingenuity with a talent for leadership. With a decade of personal experience informing her expertise in supply chain strategy and process and systems design, Jennifer is a talented communicator with a passion for motivating clients to transform their assumptions and achieve high performance. She's known for applying her sharp analytical skills to develop innovative solutions. She serves businesses by teaching them how to achieve more with the people, processes, and tools available to them to run their operations more smoothly. Jennifer, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Of course. So before we dive in, can you tell me a little bit about what it is that you do and why you do it? Yes. So I am an operations consultant. I've spent my career being an industrial engineer in corporate America, and I help people improve operational efficiencies and effectiveness in their business, which also helps them to be better leaders. So we measure performance from your business's current state, present day situation, and then we implement process improvement, documentation, business optimization, data analytics, and quality controls to get you to your desired future state. So that's how we help you improve the operational efficiency as a consultant. Awesome. So do you have, I know that you have a background in that. Is there a deeper why you became an entrepreneur in the first place? Yes. So after 12 years in corporate America, um, my husband and I are business partners and we wanted to branch off and, and have a a company of our own that we can leave as a legacy for our family and future generations. So we thought of starting a consulting firm because we can directly impact clients that we work with without a lot of the hoopla and politics that comes into play when you're not in that type of environment in corporate. So can you tell me what the one mindset shift is that changed everything for either you or your clients? Yes, I would have to say being more proactive than reactive in your business. I have seen a huge shift even in myself and in clients when I'm working with them on that. 
Awesome. So can you go into that a little bit more and just give us a little bit more specifics and details and the kind of things that you find um, clients needing to be more proactive about? Yeah, such a loaded question. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So typically what we see is Usually when clients come to us, they're in panic mode. Something has occurred in their business, which is affecting the people who are in their business. It's affecting tools and it's affecting processes. So that's why I always like to drill down into those three functions to see what's going on in your business at any one time. So like I said, usually they come to us, hair is on fire, I'm at the last straw. (laughs) I don't know what else to do. I've tried everything. And that's the problem. Like you're trying everything at the last minute. So it's good that you kind of work with your clients, Amanda, in a way where I'm sure you're teaching them to be more intentional and to have purpose behind certain things that they're doing. So we even have to get into some mindset work when we're working with clients as well, because a lot of the times they are just winging it. For instance, I had a client who wanted to select a very well-structured project management tool. It was only her and her contractors and her clients that would be affected depending on what type of tool she selected. However, she wanted to have functionalities that can talk to everybody, functionalities that everybody would be able to communicate through effectively, other functionalities of reminders per se. When you have projects in play, everyone understands what their tasks are, when things are due, when there's other interdependencies on a task that's due before yours. But she wasn't considering how everyone learned that was affected in her business. So by her being a business owner, you learn differently, your clients learn differently, and then the people working under you learn differently. So just selecting any one tool and giving it a try and expecting it to just work on the first go, that's probably not going to work without understanding how everyone learns. So are you a visual person? Do you like boards? Do you like lists? Do you like color? So all of those different things go into play, like how people learn. So in that aspect, it was a people issue with understanding how they learn, how they communicate, how they interact. And I know some people don't necessarily think about those things operationally in their business when they're implementing new tools at all. So that's why I said that was a huge shift to realize that in working with that client. Yeah, I can think of so many examples in which knowing how people really work best would be so important in the kind of work that you do. I think that the basic mindset strategy that sh- that you're talking about there is just needing to know how how her team works best before she could even go about selecting a tool that worked for her. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So talk to me. I know you mentioned people, processes, and tools. And I think that's so important, especially because I think a lot of people listening to this are like, operations, I don't know. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) So I love that you break it down for us in a really easy and simple way to understand. So when you're talking about people, processes, and tools, I think that there 
our listeners on either side of the spectrum. They're either going, okay, that's nice, but it's just me and there's no way that I can employ these kind of strategies right now. Mm-hmm. Or there are the people listening to it. They're in that like hair on fire panic mode that you were talking about. And they're like, I don't even have time to think about it. So those right. are kind of two things that I see happening is either just that that like self-doubt or fear that they won't do it right or the feeling that it's not even important right now, or the other side of the spectrum where it's like, I just literally, like, I just don't have time. And I don't, I can't take, you know, X amount of hours out of my day to set up the people, processes, and tools to handle this right now. So can you talk to me about sort of both sides of the spectrum there and kind of the mindset shifts that you could help people with who are thinking those thoughts and feeling that way? Yeah. So we typically see several types of personalities, kind of like what you were mentioning. So either you're a, let me make sure I get this right. You're an unconscious competent, which means you don't necessarily know that you should be doing something a little bit better, but it's working for you. Or you're an unconscious incompetent where you just don't know at all that what you're doing is not making an impact in your business and you're failing, but you don't know why at all because you're not measuring anything in your business. And then there's those who are a conscious competent, right? So they know that things could be better. They understand that I need that that infrastructure in place in my business to get to the desired future state of where I want to go. So those are the three types of personality traits we normally see. I would like for everyone to be more conscious of their business and what's going on, (laughs) but it doesn't happen. And that goes back to being more proactive versus reactive. And yes, I mean, a lot of people start their business, you know, your goal is just to get one sale. You know, let me just get one client, one customer. Let me make one product sale on Etsy or Shopify. But at the same time, if you had an influx of those sales and you didn't have the product behind it in your Etsy or Shopify store, what would you do? So that goes back to... <laughs> I don't know. It's making me really glad I don't have an Etsy or Shopify yeah, store. <laughs> I mean, it, it only takes one person you know, to write a bad review at the end of the day because you were out of stock on something and you couldn't guarantee when you would be back in stock. So people's confidence and trust in your ability to meet supply from their demand is is going to be crushed. So that's we don't want that to happen. So that's what I mean by that's a great case of being, you know, an unconscious competent <laughs> where you have your business set up and you think everything is is running well, but you're not looking into the future. You're only focusing on the short term. And I guess that's another mindset shift is, you know, looking at things in the longer run, not just what's right in front of you for today or the rest of the week, but how can you manage past that? Right. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about with that. I mean, it's really all part of the same shift. It's part of that shift from being reactive to proactive. And I think when you say, okay, I'm not going to think about my business as if I can only handle the 10 orders that I'm getting currently. I'm going to think about my business 
in that I need my Etsy shop is going to go viral. And one day I'm going to have to be able to support 3000 orders, right? Which I think is everyone with an Etsy shop's hope, right? (laughs) But I think even if you're not there yet, I don't think, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. It's you're way more informed on this than I am. But I don't think it's all about having necessarily those systems in place now to support that, but just thinking a few steps ahead and saying, okay, if something like that did happen, do I have a plan for that? Would there be a strategy in place or would I like, would my business cripple? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, just any form of proactiveness helps. So do you have your emails set in place when you're contacting, you know, potential clients or customers? If someone's have an item in their cart in your Etsy shop, like, are you going to reach out to them and help them, you know, complete the purchase? Or are you just going to stare and hopelessly <laughs> wonder if they're ever going to click the button? I see it there. You know, how can you be more forward thinking with your customers and anticipate their every single move? Um, it even goes back to if you're a service based business, let's say you had a massage therapy business or cosmetology, like you do makeup. Let's go with the makeup example. So if you have five bookings that day, which is a lot for a makeup artist to do five people's faces in one time, yeah, for sure. you know, and you have a cancellation, do you just say, oh, well, I have a cancellation today. I'm not going to worry about it. Or do you reach out to the next customer that was waiting in line to maybe, you know, have their face done that day and they wasn't able to because you were booked. So it's a matter of opportunity cost. Do you want to, you know, extend yourself a little more and be more forward thinking to get the client at the end of the day? Or are you going to let that client, you know, seep through your fingers? Yeah, I think that makes so much sense to me. I love both of those examples because I think they're really easy ways that we can see that processes are supporting us in our business. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to what was the next one? Unconscious incompetent? Yes. (laughs) So that is the person who is totally winging it in their business. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That individual is they don't have any processes. They don't have they're not using any tools or they could be using outdated tools as far as their people strategy goes, they're doing every single thing in their business. Now, there are some clients that, you know, they are very efficient being a one man band and that is great, but there's going to come a time where you want to be on vacation. You know, you just need a mental health break every now and then, you know, you just need time for self care. So as an unconscious incompetent That's a dangerous place to be because if your business is solely depending on you only to do every move, every punch, every kick, like you're doing everything, you will get burned out. And that's not a good place to be at the end of the day. It's not healthy for you. It's not Mm -hmm. healthy for your business. And that's not healthy for your customers to see you go through that either. So I think for anyone listening to this and they're like, oh, I'm definitely in that boat. Like I just am kind of like in fly by the seat of my pants mentality. I'm definitely in that more reactive state. So I want to point out that people who are like that are typically really good at getting their businesses like up and going and like super profitable right off the bat because they are willing to like 
basically try everything, right? (laughs) So, so those are the people that I see that are, you know, so good at getting clients through the door and so good at, you know, trying new things. And they're really quick action takers and they put things out in the world and they fail really quickly. And then they test and change and they try new things. And then they end up feeling like a hot mess because, (laughs) because they didn't put those processes in place from the start. So, All of that to say that I think if you're in that camp, don't feel disheartened. Just take a step back and really give yourself the time and space that you need, whether that's, you know, taking a weekend to sort through this kind of stuff or just blocking off your calendar for a day and really realizing that taking the time that you'll need to put these kind of operations in place is going to show up in your own mental well-being like tenfold. And your mental well-being only fuels your business, especially if you are the business. Yes, exactly. And I mean, you're so right. Just recording what you're doing, maybe you can use Loom as a tool to record your documenting and how you do specific things in your business, or you can even record yourself just talking through a process. But at any given point that you bring someone else on your team, they're going to be tugging and pulling at you for information. And that's another area where you can feel so drained and just feel overwhelmed because they may not get it at first. So it's always good to do a data dump or brain dump per se and get your thoughts out on paper or in some other specific tool to where when your team starts to formulate, then you don't feel so overwhelmed at that point. I love that. Yes, absolutely. I'll be honest. It can be really difficult to see your own mindset blocks especially when making shifts like the one we talk about today. If you're ready to break through those blocks holding you back and find the one simple shift that's specific to you and your business so you can cultivate a success mindset and start thriving, head over to amandadennelly.com slash free call and book one of my free simplifying success coaching calls. I open up three of these each week. So if you've been listening, but I've been dragging your feet to book, this is your nudge to get over there and do it. So was there one more there? We have unconscious, competent, unconscious, incompetent. And was there another one? The conscious, competent one. I'm not sure if we spoke on that one. (laughs) No, we haven't. Yeah, that's the person who's doing everything right. You know, at the end of the day, they're functioning like Warren Buffett. (laughs) Where, (laughs) you know, Warren Buffett has his business partner, which I think is Charlie Munger. I think that's his name. Um, but yeah, take your word on that. (laughs) Yeah, he can, he advises Warren Buffett on where to put his investments, where to move his money at the end of the day. And, you know, from the fruits of his labor over the years, I mean, he's built several successful companies and he's just pretty much in advisory mode at this point in the game. He's not out here working so many hours a day. He's advising people on how they can get to where he's at or create the lifestyle and income that they want to achieve. And I think that's a big part of sort of coming into that role as CEO of your business, right? Is you don't want to be the person that's stuck in the day-to-day operations. You want to be the big picture thinker, the one with the big ideas, the one pushing the vision, the one making sure that, you know, everything else is running smoothly, but you're not necessarily in the minute details of it. 
Um, yeah, because I don't, I don't know about you, but I mean, for us, the MJW group, we would like to branch off and have other businesses. Now, that's not for everyone, you know. Everyone doesn't want to be uh, Richard Branson, so yeah. <laughs> it's like. You know, how do you just get to the lifestyle that you want to achieve? I think we're all searching for that at the end of the day. We all want flexibility. We all want comfort. We all want to feel sound and whole and wholesome and caring and loving. These are all traits of that I've seen entrepreneurs possess at the end of the day. We are very caring people and free spirited. So how do you keep that going until you don't want to do it anymore? You know, how do you balance that with personal and your business life and family life? We're all searching for that balance and there's no one, you know, path to take. A lot of times it is trial in error, but the more prepared you are and anticipate certain things, you will have less bumps along the way. I can attest to that. And if you're not as prepared, you know, as thinking about your future five, 10, 15 years from now, it you may have some struggle. Mm, yeah, I can definitely see your point there. And I can totally understand where operations fits into this. So I think another thing that kind of holds people up is, and it sounds silly, but I think there is this fear and overwhelm that comes with having the idea of having a high-performing business. And I think that goes back to that example that we were talking about earlier with, you know, the Etsy shop, if all of a sudden you got an order of like 30,000 necklaces, are you going to be able to provide for that? And I think a lot of the times the answer is no. (laughs) And for that reason, I hear entrepreneurs say all the time, oh, well, I like, I don't want to be that successful. I just want to be successful enough. And I think that thought can be super dangerous because, well, what's enough? At what point do you stop pushing to make more money and decide, okay, I think I'm good here. Like, I think I'm good with my my 10 orders, right? So can we talk a little bit about that? Have you seen anyone come to you with kind of like this fear or overwhelm of being a high-performing business? And how have you helped them kind of push past that? Yes. With potential clients and leads that we have sometimes, we do get pushback. There are times where people will tell me, you know, well, this sounds great and all, but I just don't see where or how my business would implement these things or how we would really utilize them because it's just me and one other person. And, and then I have to ask them like, what do you want for your business? Like, is this it where you are currently? Is this all you want? And then they'll say, no, I want to grow a little bit more here and I want to adventure out, you know, into this space eventually. And, you know, I have to remind them that that's what what you did to get you where you are is not going to get you to that next step. And it's not until when I say that, that they understand you can't keep going at the same rate that you are. You have to implement some type of change in your business to catapult you to the next level. 
And it may be getting rid of something that you were doing before. It may be implementing something totally new. You may have to go out and learn a new skill or learn a new tool or just be around somebody who's already at that next level that you can be mentored from. So it comes in all different shapes or forms of what you need to do to get to the next level. But I do see that fear there. There is a fear around being too successful or getting too big to handle certain things in your business. And I think everyone may have that, you know, fear and anxiety to some extent, but you have to know in your heart and in your mind that what you're doing is best for you. And you have to plan out strategically, where do I see this going, you know, in five, 10, 15 years? If it's just, you know, I want to do this for five years. So I, I mean, some people may start a business for five years because they have small kids and it's, you know, the best thing for them at the time. Um, But you have to be honest with yourself. Only you as a business owner know why you started your business, know why you're in business and why you're here to help serve the marketplace. Yes, absolutely. So another thing that I see with entrepreneurs all the time is this need for accountability. And people love to tell me this all the time. (laughs) And it usually sounds something like, well, I just need help staying accountable to XYZ, right? I need help staying accountable to launch this new program. I need help staying accountable to send out my weekly newsletters. I need help staying accountable so I show up consistently in my marketing. Well, I think that, yes, there is something that a coach can bring because you will definitely show up for those things when you're paying for them. But but I also think that a lot of times the shift there is really just, you know, learning to become accountable to ourselves. And I think having the right operations in place definitely helps with that. Because I think, you know, when you were talking about people, processes, and tools, when you have a team, you're going to stay accountable to getting the people the things that they need on time. When you have those processes in place, it's a lot easier to run through a checklist than it is to try to remember how you did something last time. And then when you have those tools, when you have the software in place that's you know automating your emails or social media posts so that you can schedule those in advance or like project management software. So being able to schedule things out in advance and know that you'll be able to hit your deadline because you, you know, put it all in a tool that helped you to lay all that out. So I think a lot of times the operations actually lends the kind of accountability to ourselves that we actually need. Yes, I call it sometimes planning 10x. (laughs) I was a planner for several years in corporate America um, when I was in a supply chain function. And, you know, sometimes I would act as a buyer or I would act as a like a manufacturing planner when we made goods to sell to customers. So I was always, I've always been a planner. I've always been in that mode. And I just, it just never, I never understood why other people have such a hard time being forward thinking and being in that environment. It did make me more accountable because someone was depending on me at the end of the day to buy the goods from overseas in enough time to where it could be produced, it can be put on a boat, it could 
get over here and get through customs. It could be put in our distribution center. And then at the end of the day, shipped to the end customer or shipped to a retail store. So if you think about that example and what I went through, you may have had six months of lead time in between that for all of that to happen and all of that to occur six months from now. So I've always been like, like right now we're doing our quarterly planning for the MJW group. So we're now starting to plan for Q1 in 2019. Like to me, 2018 is is done. You know, it's time to move on to 2019. So what are some of the things we're going to do for 2019 and hold ourselves accountable? So when that time gets here, it's easily to check off. Like you said, with a checklist, did this happen? Did it not happen? If it didn't happen, why didn't it happen? Yes. And I think operations is definitely one of those things that that helps with that. So if our listeners love what they heard today, where can they find you, Jennifer? Yes, you can find me on our website, which is themjwgrp.com. You can also find me on Facebook at Jennifer White and on Instagram at the Jennifer M. White. Wonderful. Everyone definitely go check it out there. And so if we had to do just a quick recap of the things that we talked about today, what would you say? I would definitely start with the shift of being more proactive versus reactive. Look at different functions, people, processes in your business, even tools, and see if they are pretty much gelling together. If anything is broken or you have gaps or it doesn't even exist, now it's time to do an audit on your business and implement those areas that don't exist or there's no sound processes for it. Before going into 2019, take the time to do a self-check, to do a check on your business, and to begin thinking about where you can implement changes for 2019. Love it so much, especially going into the new year. Now is the time. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Jennifer. Yes, I had a blast. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandadunnelly.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, each month I'll be picking one reviewer to win a vision board design coaching intensive with me so you can create your own definition of success. If you're looking for more support in creating a beautiful, balanced life and thriving, successful business, head over to amandadunnelly.com slash free call and book my free Simplifying Success Coaching Call, where I'll help you identify one simple shift you can make to cultivate a success mindset and start seeing results now. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. Okay, I'm going to give it like 30 seconds. Can you hear the drilling in the background? Yeah, now I can. Oh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I swear they've been quiet like all day. And I'm like, as soon as I hit record, this is going to happen.